Hello and welcome to Concert Pipeline. I'm Steve Jones. There's no Jens today on the program, so I'm going to have to tackle this solo. So it's going to be one of those, you know, talking to yourself sort of thing. Hey, if Mark Marin can do it, I probably can, right? Come on. Uh, so I'm going to uh, tell you a little bit about who we have on the program today in just a minute. Before I do, uh, let me let you know how to get a hold of us here at Concert Pipeline. We'll just get the business out of the way up front, right? Does that sound good? Okay. Uh, so you can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Concert Pipeline Pod. You can also uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Periscope uh, at Concert Pipeline. That's the way to do it. Nice and easy. Concert Pipeline is the, the way to go. So find us at all those locations. We're going to be having a lot of content uh, all over the place, which we'll get into uh, in just a second. So definitely, definitely follow us. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, however you get your podcast in either of those locations, uh, and, uh, and tell a friend, right? Uh, today on the program, we have uh, a couple of bands. Uh, we have two artists, actually, Quiet on the Set and Whitney Wars. Uh, and uh, they both performed at Yountville Live in Napa, California uh, this past weekend. Which it was an interesting time to be in Yonville, to, uh, to be honest, because uh, Yonville just had the shootings at the Veterans Home. We talked about that on last week's episode of Concert Pipeline, and um, and it was a really tragic time. That sort of thing doesn't really happen in Napa. And for those that aren't familiar, um, the last week there was uh, a former veteran who uh, was discharged from the Veterans Home in in Yonville. Um, he went back with a uh, you know a weapon and took some hostages. Uh, had let uh, I th- believe four of them go, and kept three of them uh, locked up. My own uh, kid's grandmother actually was uh, there. Uh, working when the event happened and saw the shooter uh, run by. She locked herself in a uh, walk-in refrigerator and actually made, I guess, hundreds of sandwiches for the people that were there um, also in a a difficult situation. So she made the best of it and and was really strong. So uh, don't want to get too in the weeds with that whole situation, but it was a summertime in Yonville, but Yonville Live uh, really picked up the spirits uh, this past weekend, and uh, and a lot of artists came in and performed a really incredible set, so we're going to talk about a lot of that. I want to also uh, call out that uh, Yonville Live, you know, uh, was uh, supporting a, a charity in the town of Yonville. Uh, they kind of band together to uh, to support the Three Brave Women Fund. Um, it's hashtag three, the number three, Brave Women Fund. If you want to uh, look for that, um, and um, and you know, they're accepting donations uh, to uh, go towards the families. Uh, of the three women that were lost. One of the women even was pregnant at the time. Uh, so really, really tragic uh, situation that, that happened. But uh, the Pathway Home is also um, kind of accepting donations. That's the thepathwayhome.org. Uh, so uh, if you if you want to support, please, please do. Uh, it's uh, um, good causes and something that's kind of close. I mean, these, these situations are happening where... Uh, where people are being sh- shot, there's a lot, there's so many, vi- so much violence out there right now, and it's just really sad. And you never expect it to hit that close to home. Um, but 
luckily for you know, I mean, my situation anyway. My my kid's grandmother made it out okay. Um, they're not not the same can be said for the, you know some other families at that, that uh, um, uh, from from that sad sad day. And the you know so again, three brave women fund goes out to uh, support the families of Miss Lober um, and uh, Miss uh, Gonzalez and uh, Golik. Uh, or Dr. Gonzalez and Golik, excuse me, um, uh, for, for, who lost their lives tragically that day. Um, more positive new, you know, kind of the more positive side again, Yonville Live, really cool event uh, where I hadn't had, uh, I hadn't covered it before. I think I'd been offered to cover it in the past, but uh, just hadn't been able to. And uh, it's uh, from the same group that brings uh, Live in the Vineyard um, each year. Uh, and sometimes, uh, sometimes twice a year, usually twice a year, Live in the Vineyard happens. We've covered that for a handful of years now, and it's really great to partner with them um, on both Live in the Vineyard and now Yachtville Live. Um, I was really impressed with just with the uh, whole lineup, the whole uh, festival. It's uh, I didn't know really what to expect because I hadn't been to one of these uh, festivals before. And, and to be honest, I thought it was a lot more, you know, um, upscale, like hoity-toity sort of thing. But, uh, but it was really... Uh, you know, it's really just a great, I mean, lots of positive people, lots of great people. Everybody was really engaging and, uh, and f having a great time. And it helped that there was lots of, you know, uh, alcohol involved and, uh, and fancy food. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it was a great time. Um, I went with uh, my girlfriend and we just had a weekend of it and interviewed a lot of artists, which we'll talk about um, a little bit later in the program. I'll uh, let you know who we have coming up. We have some really big artists um, uh, coming up on the program that we interviewed at um, Yachtville Live. We interviewed almost half the artists that were performing uh, at Yachtville Live, so we made a, a good use of, out of the weekend. Um, and, uh, and like I said, had some, uh, had some freaking good, f uh, good food. Also, there was, uh, some top chefs that were there and literally, uh, someone from the show, uh, top chef, um, did a cooking demonstration. Her name was Stephanie Izzard. She made chocolate peanut butter cheese at s'mores as a closer, uh, which is pretty cool to shrimp toast which was just delicious, um, and uh, also a quick pickle for, for a drink, which was like beer and pickle and shrub and tequila uh, all mixed up. And, uh, you know, uh, that, that that was an acquired taste for the drink. Uh, but, after, you know, if you have two of them, it, uh, it goes down a little bit easier. So, But the, the shrimp toast was really creative and, and delicious. I had two of those, and, uh, and it was really, really awesome. So... Uh, you walk around downtown uh, Yonville. For those that, that don't know the town Yonville, I imagine most don't. It's like a block long. I mean, one one main street. There's some side streets, but really, it's one main street, um, and um, and everything's within walking distance, really. So on Saturday of the event, um, we started out at the main downtown area. We did have to walk about a half a mile uh, f uh, to get to where the uh, t where two of the stages were. And where we interviewed a, a good handful of the artists that uh, that were bringing you, um, and it was it, it got to be raining really really hard. We you know luckily it wasn't pouring when we were walking, but we we got a little wet. We got a little wet. Um, 
and uh and so it it alternated between like pouring rain and sun uh you know the sun coming out as you know it happens it's the bay area right so uh so it was really unpredictable weather uh for you know to um, in Yonville on Saturday. Sunday was just really overcast overall, but no uh, real rain to speak of. And um, and so we're going to uh, get into a couple of the uh, artists that we interviewed in uh, Yonville Live. So this is going to be a three-part uh, series uh, featuring artists that, uh, that performed at uh, Yonville Live and, uh, and spoke to us here on Concert Pipeline. So uh, f- for starters, we're going to start it out with a band called Quiet on the Set uh, that uh, I interviewed on uh, on Saturday. And uh, a little bit about um, Quiet on the Set. Um, it's three guys um, led by Justin Lombosco. Um, and, um, and so we chatted with them. Um, after their uh, their set, actually, they did a, a broken down acoustic set at the show, and uh, the, you know, Justin. I mean, we'll we'll talk to them a little bit about their their musical styles. They're also in, into acting as well, and um, and got some new music on the horizon, I believe, uh, as well. So uh, so we're going to get into that. Before we get into the interview, uh, let's check out a song from uh, Quiet on the Sets set at uh live in uh excuse me yachtville live and uh this is a song called worst inside here it is i'm justin i'm ben zanil and you are listening to concert pipeline We're, we're quiet on the set thank you guys so what do you have to say for yourself why did you put me through this hell and this pain? It's like you don't even know, like you don't even know that you've played this game for far too long and my heart is forever
Start out as Sean Connery if you want. Uh, no, I'd rather not. <laughs> Feel like I might get in trouble. Uh, by who? Who's going to judge? Sean Connery said some Dude. weird things in the past. Oh, come on. <laughs> who doesn't have a good Sean Connery that uh, impression to do, right? Yes. No. There it is. I'll take the rapist for five hundred. I'll take the famous titties. Yes. Okay. I'm here with Justin, Neil, and Benjamin uh, from Quiet on the Set. How are you guys doing? Good. We're doing good, man. Thanks. So good. So good. So beautiful, good. beautiful, beautiful Napa. Now, Justin, you said you'd been to Napa before. I have, yes. Uh, f- a few times for Live in the Vineyard, Yountville. Um, I love Bobby. She's, yes. Bobby Jacobs is just, just such a sweetheart. Yes. So, yeah. Whenever she's putting something together, I'm there. Live in the Vineyard is so much fun. It is the best. It's so but cool. Yountville is yeah. it's, it's, it it's more intimate, intimate yeah. here at yeah. Yountville. I, so the smaller wineries I really like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, live in the vineyard. I mean, in, in any of the shows here in Napa, I mean, I, I talk to artists that come through because I, I grew up in Napa. And, and yeah, I mean, it's not something to brag about. No, no that is. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, growing up, you don't have the same... Re- I mean, I, I've never been a huge wine connoisseur or anything. But but music-wise, music, music wise, like, there was no music scene here growing up. You had to go to San Francisco. You had to go to Oakland. You had to get out, you know. So the fact that we have live in the vineyard and Bottle Rock and these other festivals here. All these things now. Isn't yeah. that crazy? It, and was that all started from Live in the Vineyard, uh, yeah, kind of bringing yes, it in? Yes, yes. And I talked to uh, Bobby you know, uh, last year or something. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I interviewed her and and we talked about it. And yeah, like 18, 18, They've done like eighteen of them, and some over nine years ago, they kind of inspired Bottle Rock to to bring it up this. here. Yeah, exactly. And it's done a lot for the music scene. Here and every time I come, it's just getting bigger and better. Yeah, it just keeps growing. Yeah, it's really exciting. So, what do you what do you like to do in Napa? What have you? Have you gotten um, to spend any time besides playing a show? And we uh, we we had yeah. some fun yesterday. Yeah, we had a lot of fun yesterday. We've uh, well, of course, the food. That's what I'm here for. Like, yes. the, the food has just been incredible, and we there's not enough time to go everywhere that you know you want to go to get all the all all the food. But man, that's that's been really awesome. Nothing, Neil. <laughs> a shrug. Neil's just like, hey, whatever, man. I'm just here to play guitar. <laughs> Well, you know, it's it's always fun to walk around and get some time to, yeah. you know, soak up some of the just the scenery. And we finally got a break in the rain yesterday, so yeah. that's what we did with it. We walked around for a while. It was really nice. Yeah, I mean, you got a break right before your set too. Like, I mean, I mean, it was raining right before you guys started, and then it cleared for you guys. So. Yeah, I did. Well, I did a naked rain dance out back. That really that really parted parted the skies. That, that's important, right? I mean, you got to do that to, you know, to clear it. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he does that before every show. It's unrelated. Oh, it's, it has nothing to do with the rain. It's, it's not just, much of a rain dance, more just naked dance. Oh, okay. You know, well, I'll thank you for the clearing of the rain either way. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so quiet on the set. I'll start with the, the name. Is yeah. that because uh, you get into acting, you're, you, you do some acting? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, 
I, I went to an actor conservatory. I do, I do films and stuff, and I, I wanted to tie in the theatrical aspect of, of the theater I did. And Ben, our bassist, is an actor also. He's a music director. We really wanted to tie in like the whole theatrics. And the um, they can't see, but I am wearing very shiny things and turquoise shoes. Um, and we really wanted just to accentuate the whole... Um, just theatrics and the, our music videos are very, very elaborate and intense and we don't cut any corners when it comes. They get real weird. Yeah. Last one was like a sci-fi alien thriller music video. So where did that idea come from? I was lonely one night and started writing. <laughs> you did. <laughs> our next ones are even going to get weirder. I'm going to yeah. have Ben ponder them. Oh yeah. So, um, the, the name card on the set. Yeah. So I, I'm also an actor, mostly, mostly theater. Um, but yeah, Justin and I kind of have this shared background of, especially musical theater and, um, incorporating that was really cool. Um, but yeah, our music videos coming up, find us on YouTube and, uh, the, the, the music videos that we do, we, it's a, it, it's an event. It's an, it's an ordeal. Like we, we really try to, we really try to amp it up and bring it to the next level and incorporate lots of, lots of different elements, you know, the, the makeup, the costumes and really, and, and really go to the next level with that. And so we love incorporating that into the, like our online presence, but also the live shows as well. We, um, we, you know, we bust out the, the, the scrims and the light show and all that to make it like an experience. So that's kind of where that name kind of times ties in. So what do you, you, you hinted at some music videos coming up. What do you got planned for? We have a, uh, we're kind of looking at a, 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 a sequel to the, the alien, trilogy we're gonna try to make it into a trilogy uh we might go to colorado to film it oh, get, wow. get, get a little snow going up in there yeah um something like that but uh yeah ben really covered that really well well done sir good work good work i'm thoroughly impressed I did my homework. <laughs> I did. it's like he's seen the videos yeah, you've been there we uh we also love shooting uh live in studio videos mm -hmm. those are a lot of fun and just like little instagram clips of just us rehearsing jamming just trying to make us seem like normal people yeah. when we're we're actually not. We, we're just... At least we're, we're out of our minds. Right. <laughs> right. So how do you split the focus between acting and, uh, and being a musician? Well, um, uh, fortunately, fortunately for me, uh, I've, we've, I think we've all been lucky in, certain, in a certain aspect to be able to, to make a living out of our passion. And so for me, I am a professional bass player, music director for musicals, um, actor for musicals and stuff like that. And so... Um, it's tough to work the schedule out sometimes. It's like, oh, well, like let's play this show on Friday night. It's like, oh, I'm playing Little Shop of Horrors over mm, here yeah. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or, um, um, but yeah, so we we've all we've all been pretty lucky to turn to be able to turn our passions and and our, kind of our hobbies into something that we can that we can make a living a living out of, which is you know we're very lucky, very thankful for you know. It is, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's tough to juggle it because I also um. Another reason why I love these events so much is I went to culinary school in Dallas. Oh, okay. Um, I own a restaurant uh, oh. about 30 minutes in a town called Denton, about 30 minutes north of, of Dallas. Right. Um, so this whole blend of just the music and the food, it's like, that's like right up my alley. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I just, I'm so in love with food. It's just so creative. Like the... There's something very musical and artistic about food. I mean, obviously, I don't have to tell you. Look at yeah, some of the food I mean, that's going here, around right? here. They're yeah. works of art, man. Yeah, even They're the crazy. Fries, fries, right? The like, fries are a work of art here. So, no, it's, it's food is... I've been very passionate about food and music and acting for forever. And this is... All this is kind of just a just a beautiful blend of it. And the yeah. people here are just so authentically nice, it feels like. Yeah. It's none of that, like... 
oh, they're being nice, but it, I don't really feel it. Everyone's right. just like super warm and just really, really loving here. I really, it's, it's really, it's really a special place. Yeah. And so being able to ba- balance kind of all these passions, were your parents like really supportive growing up as well? Like, were they into music or arts? Well, f- for me personally, I-, I was kind of the black sheep. My dad was, my dad like played keyboard in a band, I think in the, yeah. in the eighties. Um, but I didn't really take, I didn't really take music lessons growing up. Um, kind of self-taught for a long time. And you know, and then I was like in band and orchestra and stuff in middle school, high school. I went, to, I went to school for music, but, um, but, but growing up, my parents were very supportive of it, but it was like, you know, the, the, this, it was hard. Sometimes it was hard to kind of connect with them. Like, this is what I'm doing. This is what actually happens. This is the, this is the actual rockstar lifestyle. Yeah. And it's not, you know, what it, what it seems, what it seems, but no, uh, I was kind of the black sheep, uh, in the, in the family. I think my, I mean, like I said, dad's a little musical, um, he can still play a couple of songs on the piano. Yeah, my uh, my parents have always been very, very supportive of me. My dad uh, was, was an amazing guitarist when he was my age. Amazing guitarist. He bought me a, a drum set when I was 10. I started on drums. Oh, and, uh, yeah, yeah, I saw you drumming out there. Yeah, a little cajon action up there. But uh, we, we usually do like full band, like yeah, I imagine. live drummer. This is toned down. This is very different for us, but it, it's really kind of, it was a great, it's a it's good exercise for us to kind of have to strip it down and just get really intimate rather than me just sprinting around on stage like a maniac and him Ben spinning. Right. Yeah. It's been, it's been interesting. Uh, you know, when we, when we signed up for this, it's like, okay, what do we, what songs can we do? How do we, how do we adapt this? How do we make it acoustic? Because if you, if you listen to our, listen to our music, you know, it's very, uh, you know, very lots of production value, lots of electric sound, electronic sounds, electronic drums, electric guitars. So how do we bridge that gap and make our music appealing in this like intimate setting where we're only like five feet away from right, someone? Yeah. When we're used to being like ten feet up and you know several feet back, and like th- being up close and personal is really it, it's been really interesting to work on the music like personally to figure out how we can sell ourselves in that way and. And finding new things in the songs too. Like we were, I was listening. You know, we were working on the songs. And it's like, oh, I never thought about doing it this way. And it's like, kind of a uh, a little bit of a personal growth for ourselves as well. Working on working on music in a, in, our, in a new way. So it's been it's been awesome here and adapt, adapting it in, in this way. Yes, yeah. And that's Great. one of the cool things about, you know, Yonville Live, live in the vineyard, that, you know, you get to see bands that, in a format that, you know, they're, they don't you typically play, right? You get no, absolutely. stripped down, you know, with yeah. the, the drum box, you don't have the drum kit or anything. And the, there's something, uh, there's something a lot more nerve wracking about that. It's very raw. You're very exposed. Yeah. You can't hide behind some sort of like, on stage persona right. character, or you know, wearing sunglasses on stage or something. You can't really hide behind that. So you're really just raw, and it's and when you're singing some songs that are that do kind of have an emotional connection to it, and then you you have to look at the audience, and they're right there, and it, it's super. It kind of it's just it's it's very nerve wracking uh, the the intimacy of it, but yeah. it's it's a it's a beautiful kind of nervousness. It's an exciting nervousness that I really, really enjoyed. Yeah. But I also think that's kind of, uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty comfortable there because, you know, acting, doing theater, you know, you're used to, it's a different kind of nervous, you know, you'd think we'd be super ready for it and like, and you don't, you don't know 
you don't know what's going to happen when you step in front of people with this music in this way and you're so so close to them you know i was like oh I, you know i do theater it'll be fine i'm not i'm i know what i'm doing here right and then you get up there and it's like wow the these people are so close and you can make eye contact with them and you can reach out and like literally touch them and so they frown on you doing that right? yeah right, right, right. <laughs> for the record they do yeah. but be yeah. but um you know, you like, like I said, you yeah. you think it'd be uh, an easy transition, but it's been it's been tough to work on the music and, and incorporate it in that way in this intimate setting. Yeah, but I would do it again and again and again and again. I'm having the time of my life out here. Yeah, and, and so Justin, your 2013 EP, you recorded all the instruments yourself. You, I you went did. solo. Like, what was the idea behind that? The idea behind that, I was uh, I was touring in a in a rock band. Um, playing drums and I was writing songs and it was a kind of a hard rock band, mm-hmm. uh, which I love. I love hard rock. Uh, but these songs were kind of like more alternative pop kind of, and they totally didn't fit with the band and I wasn't the singer in the band. And, um, I kind of just started recording them like in, in my house, I had a pro tool set up mm-hmm. and I just started putting it together. And the next thing I know, I like had five songs that were done. I was laying down the drums, the bass, the guitars, the synth, doing the vocals. And next thing I knew it was, there it was. And I was like, Oh, okay, well, I guess maybe I should put this on iTunes or something. And then I've started working on the next one. The next one, I played probably like 80% of all the instruments. And towards the end of that, I got hooked up with Ben and uh, Aaron, Neil. And um, we kind of just put it it all together. They kind of put the final touches on everything. And so on this Resist album, it's not all me. but And this next EP is not even close to all me which is very very relaxing now oh, i was gonna say is that relaxing or is that kind of uncomfortable are you more of a control freak or are you i'm not i'm okay. not i'm i'm really okay. not because i mean i'm dealing with such such talented musicians like i've yeah. anything that i would play on bass or guitar these guys are gonna play a million times better than me i still do play the drums i'm not gonna give that one up yeah, yeah. i'm not i'm not gonna hand the reins over on that yeah. On the studio, yeah. live, we have a drummer. Because it's tough, man, to oh, drum yeah. and sing and put on a good show. I've seen bands that do that, and it's, yeah, it's a, it takes a lot out of you. You're covering it? <laughs> N- Neil is a man of few words. Yes, you covered it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, so um, so tell me about the new EP. What do you got? Like, when is that coming out? What's the, does it have a name? Um, it doesn't have a name okay. yet. Um, it's just going to be a little three-song EP. Put it out. We're going to start putting out little three-song EPs. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of just doing a full LP because just get the music out a little quicker. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a little more stripped down, I would say. How would you say, Ben? It's a little more real music-wise, less synth. Yeah, it, there, is still, there is still a lot of like the electronic elements, but it's, um, we're taking, I, I think we're taking a lot of influences, especially with the, with the the producer that we've been we've been working with, taking a lot of influence from the like the modern super super modern electronic uh, pop music, mm-hmm. how everything's kind of shifting from like guitars and power chords and distortion to this. You know, you might maybe you play the same thing, maybe it's the same melody, maybe it's the same chord progression, but in, incorporating that in like a synthed out kind of way. So it 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 feels stripped down for us with our with our backgrounds in like hard rock music, like where's the guitar solo and stuff. But more bass. Right. yeah, but um, so it, it feels it feels and sounds more stripped down, but um, but it's been cool to transition, uh, kind of step up in the songwriting process because when I when I first joined up, like 
Justin had all, all these songs ready to go. And he's like, this is how the bass line goes. It goes like this. And I was like, cool. And so I learned that. And so it's been really, really cool to, to kind of step up and be more involved in that way. But yeah, we're, it, it is stripped down, but not in like electric to acoustic way. It's right. stripped down in like a, a, a more, more synth, uh, less more layers. Yeah. Less, less layers to the music. We kind of got a little production heavy sometimes where we would just, oh, the synth here. Let's add another synth pad here. Let's do another guitar here. And now we're just like, all right, well, let's keep it simple. We're going to do drums, bass, maybe a synth line, some vocals, and maybe a little guitar lick here and there and, and when you when you get production heavy like that do you find that it's harder to keep up with like okay this was easier to do in the studio but when we go out and play this live that's more of a challenge absolutely yes. Yes. <laughs> and and then we were having to find ourselves like really having to make backing tracks live and the less backing tracks we have live i i prefer yeah i prefer it to be as live as possible but sometimes with these intricate pads and layers and sounds you can't really replicate it live without having a backing track and i don't know it, it's there's nothing wrong with having backing tracks no. at all nothing wrong at all but i just like having the more that we're actually doing on stage live the the more i just i like it more for some reason even though it's more liable to go wrong, right. if you will. It's, it's part of a live That's show, part right? of the you fun, know? though. Yeah, it's yeah, part of the excitement. Yeah. Things yeah. are going to go wrong, and you just roll with them. Yeah. Yeah. There is. And, uh, and so who, who is the producer on, on the... Um, Brian David. Um, he's in Plano, Plano, Texas, uh, Anthem Recording Studios. Okay. And how did you get set up with him? He mixed and mastered uh, my first... EP and uh, and the LP after Resist. He mixed and mastered it and uh, produced a couple songs on it. But and he just did such great work that we were like, dude, just just produce the songs. Let's record in your studio. Let's stop recording at at my studio because you can kind of get lost in your yeah. when you're producing your own stuff. You kind of just you keep adding things and you start overthinking it. And you need that that objective third party to be like, that's terrible, man. What are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. need that guy. So yeah. it's just, yeah, it's been a cr crazy cool experience. And the products that are coming out are, are just infinitely better than what I would have done on my own. Yeah. So do you feel that, like, I mean, how did the approach change from when you worked with him before to uh, to this most recent time? Did he pull more out of you? Or Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, most of the time before it was, I would just record it in my studio and then I'd send him the files and he would just mix and master it and send it right back. He oh, wouldn't really change okay. anything because... I wasn't really hiring him to produce. And then he was so good at that. And I was listening to some of the other stuff he was producing. And I was like, man, this guy's great. And he's a good dude. And he's, he, we get, we get along great. He's a psycho like we are. Uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> That's a good match, right? Yeah. So I, I couldn't have asked for a better producer at this point right now. He just, he kind of gets, he just really gets what we're going for. And he's, he's a professional dude, yeah. but he's still chill at the same time. He's not like super strict about, you know, you know how some of those guys can get. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, so are you guys going out on tour? What are, what's the plan for going forward? Um, after this, we're going to finish up the EP, mm -hmm. and um, we'll see what happens. I've, we don't have any tour or anything planned right now, um, but we'll we'll put together some shows in Dallas. Uh, hit some of the Dallas venues up, just staying fresh, and then possibly try to get onto a tour. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Neil, Ben, and Justin, thank you guys for taking the time. Of course. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your time in live in the vineyard. Do you want to say bye? Yeah. Do you want to say bye, Neil? <laughs> Neil, can you say bye? Say bye to everybody. Come on. Say bye, Neil. I, everyone have a fantastic day. He hit, he hit that, uh, that strip club voice. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> awesome. 
That was the interview with Quiet on the Set here on Concert Pipeline. Um, we have uh, another interview to bring you as well. This is a twofer, like I said, so we're going to feature a couple interviews in each episode of uh, the next couple episodes of Concert Pipeline from Yonville Live. So uh, next up on the podcast is uh, an artist called Whitney Wars, uh, and uh, we interviewed Whitney at that same stage uh, that Quiet on the Set played at. Um, and got to uh, talk to her uh, really about her her getting started. She's 17 years old and has already done uh, a lot of things. I mean, she's been in the music business for a while. This is obviously what she wants to do. She's making a name for herself, and she's got a beautiful voice too, uh, which we're going to get to hear in just a bit. So uh, she uh, she has a covers album uh, called Live from Muscle School uh, Schools and Skulls. S-C-H-O-A-L-S. I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Muscle Skulls, I want to say. Okay. Yes. Uh, professional, Steve. Um, and um, and so you can uh, definitely check that out. Um, and uh, and she played, uh, she said she only had one show that uh, that weekend, actually, but we caught up with her uh, the next day. We interviewed her on Saturday, but caught up with her on Sunday at a uh, uh, another set that she was having, and uh, she apologized uh, for for telling you know incorrect information about only having one set. Uh, she had another one. Uh, she performed a, a an artist in the round set with uh, a couple of other female uh, countryish musicians, including um, Jaden Michaels and uh, Rita Wilson. So. Um, I mean, that was a, pr- a pretty cool thing, too. We saw a couple of those artists in the round type sets where they alternate between uh, artists and, uh, and just take turns playing songs uh, up there in front of, uh, in front of everybody. And, uh, and that's a pretty neat, neat way to do it where, you know, you just get to be chill and just, hey, bring out a, an acoustic guitar or guitarist with you and, um, and, uh, and you know, take turns playing some songs in, in front of people who are, you know, having a good time, having some good food and some, some good wine. I wish I could, you know, uh, call out all the uh, delicious wines and, um, and food that we had, but that would take a whole podcast in itself. Uh, but let me just say, there's a, a, a lot of tasty uh, treats, and and I'll share some of the pictures from uh, of the food on Concert Pipeline's Facebook page as well. Don't usually include pictures of food, but this is a, a rare exception uh, where definitely you want to see some of the uh, delectable eats that uh, that were had during this event. So, uh, like I said, Whitney Wars going to be on the podcast right now. Let's let's get into the chat with her. Before we do, why don't we listen to uh, one of Whitney's songs uh, that she performed at Yountville Live, um, and this is a song called Love Me Not. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Wurz, and you're listening to Concert Pipeline. Yeah. 
Good. It started raining right before your uh, set. Yeah. So what can you do? We're under a tent, so it's okay. We are. No, <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. there were no casualties, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, tell me, uh, what brought you to uh, Alpha Live? How did you get uh, brought into this? Um, I was through my label, um, Sony Red, and um, yeah, I'm just super excited to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you uh, you have an album that you uh, did with uh, that's uh, it's a live album full of covers, right? Mm -hmm. And so tell me how you chose the the songs that you wanted to cover for that album. Yeah, um, so I I do a bunch of different covers on my YouTube channel, and um, I always I, I'm I take pride in knowing exactly like what's going to be like the next hit, kind of. Mm -hmm. So I did um, this was actually this was a few years ago, and I I did Stitches by Shawn Mendes before that was popular, um, Renegades. Um, and by Ex Ambassadors and a few a few other songs, but like I choose them based on like what I think is going to be popular. So then like then I post them on my YouTube, and then they get the traction that like the song is getting already on like all the radio. So yeah, yeah. And uh, and so where where did you find your voice? What did you, when when is it that you wanted to be a musician? Yeah. Um. Well, I started out doing musical theater, and I remember after my first show, it was like eleven at night, and I'm like, oh, I'm so awake. And this was back in elementary school, actually. Yeah. And um. And I was like, wow, this is what I want to do with my life. And I knew from such a young age, I literally remember that moment. I think I was in first grade and I knew I wanted to be a performer. So, yeah. yeah. So you've done SNL a number of times. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about um, that experience. Yeah. So aside from singing, I also do acting as well. And through my acting manager, they, they always like to have like kids, um, you know, do some skits. So those were always really fun. Like I remember I, I taught Jamie Foxx how to tap dance. Oh, really? <laughs> one of the things. And I did one with One Direction. Um, and yeah, always that was those are really really fun. Was it super yeah. intimidating, or was it were you comfortable? Um, were you, comfortable you know, I was used to working around adults for other acting things, and I just kind of thought of this as just another one. But it was it was nerve wracking, but it was just like extremely fun. So 
Yeah. Did yeah. you always know that sh- like show business was your thing? Mm-hmm. Like it was it was both sides, right? Oh, Acting yeah. and and music. Mm-hmm. Like now I go to um, a performing arts high school in New York, um, and for acting. But um, I am I'm what I want to do with my life though is you know write my own music, which is you know what I've been doing and um, acting kind of as a side thing. Yeah, and so so, uh, so what have you done in Napa here while you've been here? You know, I just got in uh, really, really late last night. Uh-huh. So all I've done is wake up and uh, come to the show. But I walked around like this little um, area and it's, I see like all these awesome restaurants and the wine fields are incredible. So yeah, have you been, so beautiful. You've been in Napa before? No, no, this is my yeah. first time. And where are you from? Um, Manhattan, but originally from Connecticut. Okay, so yeah. you grew up and your parents were really supportive. Of, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they brought me to all my, my shows when I was really young and always, you know, they, they came to this too. Um, we all flew out. So, yeah, they're, they're so, so supportive. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So tell me about working with Glenn Rosenstein. Yeah, Glenn and I, we've become like, honestly, like best friends. Um, we, our joke is like, am I a 60-year-old man or is he a 17-year-old girl? Like, yeah. <laughs> he, the, we have such like of the, the same visions and um, the same mindset, the same sense of humor. So he's incredible and completely, you know, help, he's helping me out as like, you know, he's my producer. It's awesome. And so yeah. how did you get paired up with him? Um, it's an interesting story because my Dad actually used to be in a band with him more than 20 years ago really? and reached out like um, just just to reach out. You yeah. know, we, I, it was complete luck that he actually like, you know, wanted to, you know, take me on. Um, but when I was 13, I wrote these two songs. We sent them out like, oh, we'll see what happens. And now this partnership has, you know, flourished into, you know, many years later, still working down the road. Yeah. Yeah. So did your dad, dad do the whole like touring artist thing too, or was it more of a local? Um, he, yeah, he did, he did some touring. Um, but yeah, yeah it was back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you did, you were one of those kids that grew up like, you know, on the road or anything. Oh like no, that. No? no, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. So, um, so what, what do you have going forward? Like what, what's coming up? I, yeah. I know you're, um, you, uh, you take some of the proceeds from your album to the, let's bring changes to mind. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but coming up, I'm, I'm writing like almost every single day. I have a lot of new stuff coming out. Um, and really, really soon, uh, like too much to choose from because yeah. I can only choose like the next sing- the next single, which will come out pretty soon. Um, but back to Bring Change to Mind, uh, that's an organization run by Glenn Close. And um, it's to help end the stigma around, me- around mental illness, which I'm extremely close to. Um, and I write a lot of my music to like help people through that. So yeah, whatever they're going through. Have you heard stories from people who've like really connected with your, your oh, music? Oh, yeah, and... yeah. I have, um, how I kind of got started um, really with, you know, music was I wrote, um, well, anyway, I, I had this friend who, who lives in California, but I'm from New York, and um, she reached out to me and let me know that she was wanting to kill herself. And I mean, I, I was only 13 at the time, and I didn't even know like That's what that meant. For a oh, yeah, year. so, so heavy. So I had no idea what to do, but I, uh, I called. I called Bring Change to Mind, and I was like, what do I do? And they told me to call Suicide Hotline, um, and then they would get help. But, like, in that time between when help arrived and, like, when I called, I just sat down and I wrote her um, these, like, lyrics that I later turned into a song, and I sent it to her, and she just told me that it helped her so much and that she was just thankful that, like, somebody listened. So, I mean, I started to just do that, and um, I figured if I could, you know, help one person, I could help so many others. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And the response, I, I, there's a music video out right now for that. Um, I released a few years ago. Um, and that, I mean, people still find that and tell me how much they relate to it and how much it like changed their life, honestly. So, 
Yeah, it's great to do good like that. And I mean, someone who's so close to you also kind of mm-hmm. re- really, I mean, it, it, it's it's no surprise that that kind of, that, that organization connects to you like that, right? Yeah, so. I'm so happy I'm working with them. I'm a teen ambassador now, so yeah. for them, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. So, uh, so where do you like to do your writing the most? Is there a spot for you? Is it like a spot at home or? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I always write my songs like between the hours of 12am and 3am. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like my mind is way more creative at those hours. Um, but I either write, uh, lyrics first, just like in my room or I have, we have this little like small home studio that I, you know, I connect my piano to. And I also like to write in there and it's, I like the, the the view of you know all of Manhattan is just so inspiring to me. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Did you like where, when did you learn to play the piano? Um, you know, I'm still learning. I'm teaching myself right now, um, but it's just. I mean, on Logic, the, the the program that I usually use to record stuff, it tells you what chords you're playing. So I, I just I fumble around like, oh, this note goes with this note, and then it turns into my music. So yeah, yeah. and I've, I've been I've been getting better though. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So are you, are you touring, or is this like a one-off show? Or? You know, I've been doing a lot of these, like, one-off mm-hmm. shows. I mean, I was just at South by Southwest, and I played um, a few shows there in Austin yesterday and the day before. And I've been doing a bunch of, like, radio shows, of, um, radio stations who are playing me or maybe want to play me. have been asked me to come out, so um, I've been just doing a lot of those. But I'm hoping to tour, um, yeah. like, this summer. How was, how was South by Southwest? Oh, my God. It was so much fun. It was my first year yeah. going, and it was incredible. I mean, the scene was just... It was like it was really me. Like I don't know. It was just like so much was going on, so much music, lights. Like yeah. I loved it. I want to go back again. Uh, yeah, I'm a little jealous. I was in Austin <laughs> last week too, but I missed. Oh, South- you missed the. South I missed. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was there for a friend's wedding. Mm-hmm. Missed South by Southwest, and I've always wanted to go there for you know big music mm-hmm. festival in Austin, and and just couldn't do it. So yeah, yeah, it sounds really amazing. It's it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, Whitney, thank you for taking the time. Oh, today. thank you. Yeah. And uh, do you have anything planned for the rest of the uh, the you know, for life? Uh, yeah, I have. I'm going to this dinner and performing at this dinner tonight. Um, and then, yeah, that's, I have, I have a show tomorrow too, but I don't think it's not related to the Yonville. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, Whitney, thanks for, for taking the time and have uh, enjoy the rest of Yonville Live. Thank you so much. Yeah. That was the interview with Whitney Wars here on Concert Pipeline. Uh, so moving on to our last segment. This is the last segment on the podcast. It is the music news. have some uh, interesting stories here today uh, on the music news. And I'm going to start out with one uh, that uh, is about a band that's been on the concert pipeline not once but twice, uh, and that is Foreigner. Uh, so Foreigner's Mick Jones is enjoying live back in the spotlight uh, with the 40th anniversary tour packing in fans. The band's seen current singer Kelly Hansen and ex-frontman Lou Graham share vocal duties as the band runs through its impressive catalog of hits. Uh, it's really nice and great, guitarist and founder Mick Jones has told Ultimate Classic Rock. It sort of completes a circle almost. It's a great feeling and the fans love it. We love it. It's amazing. Kelly and Lou Graham hit it off like a house on fire. They love it. I was holding my breath uh, for a minute there because in other conditions it could be a touchy subject uh, but it hasn't been at all it's been the opposite I guess you have two front men uh, each wanting to take the uh, the spotlight but I guess they're really good at sharing that so um, so that's uh, pretty cool 
Uh, and Jones uh, also says he'd like to work again with Graham uh, in the studio to complete tracks he started years ago. He said there's about 10 to 12 tracks which I've been listening to. Uh, I don't quite know when we're going to have a chance to do that, but it wouldn't be before the fall. I'm aware that they're there, but I think we have to concentrate on one thing at a time. You know, otherwise the projects, it's not good to be thinking of three or four different things at once is, uh, is what he's saying. So, um, so that's uh, a story about Foreigner. Foreigner will be doing a couple of shows in the area also, uh, by the way. They are going to be having a headline show at uh, Murphy's, California, at Ironstone Vineyards. Um, and they're, they're playing that one with Jason Bonham again. Um, it used to be Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin experience, but now it's Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin evening because uh, Led Zeppelin needed that experience back for some uh, anniversary projects that they're, uh, they've got cooking up their sleeves. So, uh, so he gave it back to them, but he, he insisted that, they, uh, that he keeps the uh, JB since he has a big banner uh, with that on it. And so he made it evening. Jason Bonham's led uh, uh, J-B-L-Z-E, I guess is what he's got on a big banner. Uh, so um, so you can check him out at uh, on July 29th in Murphy's, California. Or if you want to see a bigger show, uh, see him open up for Journey and Def Leppard at AT&T Park in San Francisco, uh, where the Giants play on September 21st. Um, and concert pipeline might be out in hand at one of those shows. We'll see. Um, we, uh, we like to have some foreigner on our program and, uh, and I'd be down to chat with, uh, one of the other guys in foreigner. We've had, a, like I said, we've had them on twice and really great conversations. They got so many stories to tell and, uh, uh always a lot of fun. When I, when I saw him last year, it was 110 degrees in the shade, if there was any shade, uh, out at, uh, in Sacramento and you think the heat is going to be miserable, but uh, but it was just so much fun. It was, it was what a great show, and they always obviously pull out all the hits. Every song they do pretty much is a hit, and uh, and it's such a fun evening uh, where you you know all the songs, you're singing along, you're having a great time, and you're with friends. You can't go wrong, right? So uh, bring in some Journey and Def, Def Leppard into that mix, and uh, and it's going to be you know just a huge all star evening uh, of a blast. So that's a. Uh, um, that's the foreigner story. Um, Blink-182 has announced their very own Las Vegas residency. Uh, they're going to Vegas. They've played shows in Vegas before, of course. Uh, the iconic alt-rock outfit has revealed plans to launch the Kings of the Weekend residency at the Pearl Concert Theater of the Palms Casino Resort. Kicks off on May 26th, 16 uh, shows, uh, with additional shows slated for June, October, and November. So it's not a true residency, I don't think, but they're playing a lot of shows in Vegas. Um, and so when the Palms asked us to do a residency here in Vegas, we said, absolutely, Mark Hoppus said in a press statement. Now we just have to cast our showgirls, create our set list, a true throwback of Vegas classics with Sinatra, Liberace. Maybe we can even marry someone on stage. The possibilities in Vegas are endless. Uh, so they're really excited about their uh, residency in Vegas uh, if you want to see Blink-182. Saw them this past year as well, uh, and they put on a, a, a really good show. It was cool to see them with uh, their new uh, guy, Matt Sk uh, Skiba. Skiba? Matt Skiba from um, Alkaline Trio. And... Uh, I hadn't seen them with him yet, and uh, you you wonder how they're going to balance off, or if they'll do the songs, or I guess at least I did, um, if they'll do the songs uh, that with that Tom 
DeMont, um, Tom DeMont, God, I am all over the place. Tom DeMont is, uh, from No Doubt, um, Tom DeLong, uh, from, uh, um, uh, Blink-182, uh, is heavy in, but Matt Skiba does them, and, uh, does those parts, and he brings his own, uh, flavor to them, so, um, definitely recommend checking them out, uh, live if you get the chance. Uh, Judas Priest are breaking the law, breaking the law with uh, their highest chart charting album in the United States. Uh, they've landed their highest charting album ever with Firepower as the project debuts at number five on the Billboard 200. Uh, the group's 18th studio effort earned opening weekend sales of 49,000 units. Yeah, it doesn't take a lot to get to number five anymore, does it? Uh, in the top uh, top ten, that's uh, 49,000. Man, I used to remember when it was like hundreds of thousands of albums, you know, or in the millions, 49,000 units in your number five, um, of which 48,000 were in traditional album sales, according to Nielsen Music. Feet Best Judas Priest number six album with 2014's uh, uh, Readamer of Souls and marks the band's best U.S. sales uh, week since 2005's Angels of Retribution, which opened with 54,000 uh, copies sold. Uh, so even then, see, that was more albums, but uh, it didn't chart as well back when, of course, CDs were more prevalent. Um, and uh, let's see, what it debuted at number five in the UK top 10 albums uh, for the first time in like 38 years. Uh, they recorded their set last year with produ- producers Andy Sneap and Tom Alam. Uh, Sneep has joined the band's touring lineup uh, in place of guitarist Glenn Tipton following news of his battle with Parkinson's disease. So um, so that is the news on Judas Priest. Uh, check it. All right. The Eagles are launching a uh, 2018 North American tour, uh, and it's uh, their first major trek with the new lineups. Uh, additions Deacon Frey and Vince Gill um, when they delivered a 28-song t- set over a two-hour, 40-minute show. Uh, according to the Indie Star. Um, their 2018 tour, which mixes arena, arena and stadium dates, is scheduled to run into late October. So you can check that out if you want. Aerosmith, lots of tours lined up, right? Um, Aerosmith uh, frontman Steven Tyler is announcing a solo tour. He announced the dates for his sum- solo summer tour. Uh, he's going to be joined on the road by Nashville's Loving Mary group, who are featured as the backup band on his 2016 debut country solo album, We're All Somebody from Somewhere. Um, and so the tickets are going on sale like now via outlets. Um, and he's made, Tyler made headlines last fall when he cut short an Aerosmith tour of South America to return home to address an unknown health issue. So, um, for those wondering if uh, there will be a Bay Area date, nope, no Bay Area dates listed right now. So lots on the East Coast and uh, mostly uh, no Steven Tyler around these parts. All right. A couple more uh, stories here. Elton John is getting an all-star uh, tribute, uh, doing a couple of all-star tribute albums, actually. So he announced his uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road Tour will be his final series of live engagements earlier this year. Uh, his retirement from the touring life coincides with a Grammy tribute concert that's set to air next month. Um, and additionally, he's recruiting some of music's biggest stars to record two albums worth of covers for his long uh, and hit-laden career. So first album is called Revamp, and it features pop, rock, and urban acts. 
Um, some examples are that Ed Sheeran's going to cover Candle in the Wind. Lady Gaga's going to take a stab at your song, and Demi Lovato will stab, step into the Kiki D part of Don't Go Breaking My Heart opposite Q-Tip. It's exciting times right there. Um, second album, Restoration, features a familiar cast of country characters, including Miranda Lambert, Chris Stapleton, uh, Marin Morris, Little Big Town, and the Brothers Osborne. Um, legends of the genre like Dolly Parton, Emmylou Harris, and Willie Nelson will also appear on the album. And then Miley Cyrus, who appeared with Elton at the Grammys and seems like they're together a lot. Or maybe I'm confusing that with Wayne Coyne. Actually, she does a lot with Wayne Coyne, too. Um, she appears on both Revamp and Restoration. Um, and so on uh, Revamp, she's going to cover Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. And on uh, Restoration, she'll uh, put her spin on uh, the, the Bitches Back. Um, both albums available April 6th, um, and you can check out the full track listing um, online if you, if you like. So um, you can, if you're an Elton fan or a fan of any of those artists, ch check it out. Let me see if there's any others uh, that are interesting uh, there. Uh, Florence and the Machine are doing Tiny Dancer. It's interesting. There's some Mary J. Blige on there, Coldplay, Pink. Uh, who else? Queens of the Stone Age. Killers, Sam Smith. Wow, this is this is a big list. Um, uh, let's see who else. Uh, Dirks Bentley. I, yeah, I think I said Emily Lou Harris. Yeah, lot, lots of artists. Okay, um, check that out if you're interested. Okay, uh, so here, story about Katy Perry on American Idol. Um, she made headlines earlier this week for being 19-year-old American Idol contestant Benjamin Glaze's very first kiss. Now, he's announced uh, that the smooch was, was both unwanted and uncomfortable. I was a tad bit uncomfortable, Glaze told the New York Times. I wanted to save it for my first relationship. I wanted it to be special. Glaze confessed uh, to the judges that he had never been kissed before after he mentioned that he enjoyed his work as a cashier because it let him meet, quote-unquote, cute girls. Uh, would I have done it if she said, would you kiss me? No. Uh, I would have said no, he said. Uh, I know a lot of guys would be like, heck yeah, but for me, I was raised in a conservative family, and I was uncomfortable immediately. So this guy's uncomfortable, uh, and... Uh, he kissed a girl and he didn't like it. Um, that's, uh, that's Katy Perry there. Um, yeah, that's, that's interesting. I mean, this guy's he's something, something going on with this guy. Just saying, uh, I mean, I, I get it, I guess, but he's 19 years old, right? I mean, and it's time to get some life experience in there a little bit and you're, I mean, you just kind of suck it up, right? I mean, even if you're just like, you have this idea, you're a dude, come on, it's Katy Perry. It's Katy freaking Perry. Like, I, the first time I saw Katy Perry, uh, I've, I've seen her actually twice in uh, real life, and the first time was backstage at Warp Tour years ago, and, uh, and I didn't know who she was, actually, but she was maybe 10 feet away from me backstage. She was doing an interview, and, and she was just... Freaking gorgeous. I mean, like, uh, she's, and this is before everything now. I think, she, you know, I don't think she's as pretty probably now as she used to be, but she's still Katy Perry. Uh, and again, gorgeous. Uh, so, uh, I, you know, I was talking 
with my friend who I went with backstage and, uh, and it was just like, you know, she was the talk of the warp tour. Like they were like really excited to have her. And so I think after that show, I went home and I listened to her song, I kissed a girl. Right. And then she like blew up, it felt like the next day, uh, after that. So, uh, you know, I have some regrets about not, you know, not, chatting it up with her a little bit or you know anything like that backstage maybe a little but you know really not really <laughs> uh but if Katy Perry were to kiss me you know that would that would have been okay too all right uh that's uh that's the story from American Idol anyone watch American Idol I didn't think so um all right so that is uh the music news here on this episode of Concert Pipeline so um we're going to wrap it up by letting you know what's coming up on next time on Concert Pipeline. We have loads of, uh, of great material for you guys and, and great bands that are going to be on the show. Uh, then on the next episode of Concert Pipeline, we have an artist named Keelan Donovan. Uh, I uh, got the chance to see Keelan Donovan when he was in Napa, actually, back in November for Live in the Vineyard. And... Uh, and he performed a really cool set. He opened the show, I believe, and uh, and I put a video of it up on uh, Concert Pipeline's Facebook page, and he he liked it on the Facebook page. So uh, so he kind of remembered, you know, uh, Concert Pipeline from that. Um, we also have an artist named Corey Harper who we're going to get to chat with, uh, who played it live in the Vineyard. Excuse me, Yountville Live. Um, uh, and, uh, so we'll check them out next time on concert pipeline. Let's let you know what's coming up down the road in, uh, the weeks to follow. We have drum roll. We have Rita Wilson on the program and, uh, no, not my, uh, buddy Joe's mom. Her name's Rita Wilson too, uh, which is kind of funny. And so, uh, I, I texted her pictures of, of Rita uh, and saying, Hey, your namesake's in town. Uh, uh, and, uh, and so we have, no, we have Rita Wilson, country music artist and, uh, actress and all around great person, wife to the legendary Tom Hanks. Um, and so, uh, we chatted with her for a few minutes. It was amazing to get a few minutes with her. Uh, also we had a like a, I did a group interview with some uh, really cool artists, including Emerson Hart from Tonic, David Hodges, who's done lots of cool uh, things, including uh, he was in Evanescence and was the songwriter for uh, for that. He's wrote for other artists, including uh, Chris, Christina Perry uh, and um, and other artists as as well, um, Daughtry. That sort of thing, and also uh, we have David Ryan Harris. In all, all, I chatted with them all together, so we'll have that in a couple weeks. Uh, also, going to uh, following up after that. If that's not enough, we have an interview lined up with Scott H. Birum, uh, who's uh, opening for Flogging Molly. My, you know, one of my favorites. So, going to uh, check them out um, and uh, and chat with him at that show. And I think down the line, an interview with a band called the Fratellis. So, so much good content coming up on Concert Pipeline. As a reminder, you can check us out at Facebook dot com forward slash concert pipeline pod uh subscribe to the podcast on itunes stitcher and uh check us out on all the other platforms uh twitter instagram periscope and youtube at concert pipeline so for all of us here at concert pipeline i'm steve jones and i'll catch you next time <laughs>